When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. You defer? I don't know why he's trying to twist himself into a press of talking about the third possession. Bruh, put your defense on the field, let them go to work, and then you have an opportunity to respond. What happens is you give the other team another down. Right when they took it, I said, you're giving Mahomes four downs, and you have no shot. You know, yeah, I don't care how tired the defense is. Wanting the ball third doesn't pass the smell test. Saying that you want it third makes me feel like Kyle Shanahan panicked in that moment. That logic doesn't make sense. And 24 hours later, it still doesn't make sense. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Chase. Guys, before we get into this 28-3 versus what happened on Sunday, let's just go through some of the math on what we saw, because I think we've discovered a few things today, unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, to make matters worse based on the decision in overtime. Okay, So first of all, when he made the comments, I wanted the ball third in overtime, That would indicate right off the bat, no faith in the defense. No faith. That you just assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to score. Which you could say, well, of course, it's Patrick Mahomes. But you you held him to 19 points. And to your point, CeCe, if you're going to assume they're going to score, let them do it first. Get it out of the way, and then you know what you're going to do. But the real thing that I I think we've kind of hit on here that I think is very interesting is when we brought up the idea of the math on this. And Orlovsky, we played in the uh, cut coming back there a little bit, brought this up. But you went into further detail of if you go second in overtime, you get four downs versus three downs, and your play calling changes in order to give your team more opportunities. Explain this. Yeah, so that's assuming that the team that gets the ball first scores, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. You go into that scenario knowing exactly what you need for your drive. So as soon as you get your possession, you know that it's four-down territory until you get into range of the points that you need in order to tie the game or win the game. So it just seems like it makes sense in order to take the ball second as opposed to taking the ball first because the sequencing in your play calling would be different. So, for example, with the San Francisco 49ers, say they have the exact same drive Mm -hmm. that they had in overtime, but they just got the ball second instead of getting the ball first. Right. They they would know on that third and four that they had inside of the 10 that, hey, we've got to make this four-down territory in order to tie the Kansas City Chiefs score. So what that means is that third and four is not a pass play that gets blown up by Chris Jones where he's trying to throw the ball to Juwan Jennings. That third and four is probably a run play knowing that you have an opportunity for a fourth and short and you'll have the whole playbook open to you whether you want to throw the ball or run the ball. So it just seemingly makes more sense in terms of the sequencing of play calling, knowing exactly what you need in those circumstances in order to put yourself in position to win. So what you're talking about here, so just to, to give people the full understanding of what CC is saying, first and 10, Kansas City 15-yard line, McCaffrey runs um, for six yards. Okay, so now we're down at second and four. Now in this spot, 
If you know you're down seven points, which, by the way, Kyle Shanahan has told us he assumes they're going to be down seven points because he's thinking about the third possession, even though you held this guy to 19 points in regulation, which is an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. So now it's second and four at the Kansas City nine-yard line. But in this scenario, you have second down, third down, and fourth down. Yeah. Play calling is completely different. And if you believe in your team, you have a fourth down. When you go first... You don't have a fourth down because there's no logic on third and four at the Kansas City nine-yard line to not kick the field goal because if you don't kick the field goal, all they need to do is kick a field goal and they win the game. Conversely, go the other way. Let's use the exact same drive that Kansas City had but make it first. Fourth and one from their own 34-yard line. If they go first, what happens? They probably punt the ball. So now if I'm San Francisco... Because if they, get, if they get stopped in that situation, all San Francisco has to do is kick a field goal, game's over. <laughs> all they have to do is kick a field goal, game's over. So that, that without a yard is a 51-yard field goal. We already saw Jake Moody in that game have an NFL record at the time until Harrison Butker did it right after him of a 55-yard field goal in the Super Bowl. So they could have literally not run a single play in overtime on offense and won a game. In that, in that hypothetical scenario, on a fourth and one from the 34-yard line, they go for it and they get stopped. In theory. I'm just I'm just going down the rabbit hole here. It, it makes you realize how bad it was it, every it, time we talk about it. It. It, was, it was a terrible decision, but based on the inference that Shanahan made in playing for the third possession, no matter what they did or, or what, what kind of score they had on their first possession in overtime, he probably made a mistake in kicking the field goal anyway. I'm just sitting there thinking, if you believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to march down the field and score, then, then why not go? Four down territory Then, why, right not, then why not treat it as four down territory right off the bat? Why not treat it as, you know what, this is Patrick Mahomes, this is Andy Reid, four down territory. You know, I, I've, I've, I've got to win this game. I've got to, I've got to you know, if they're the kings and I'm, and I'm trying to knock them off the throne, I've got to make sure that I don't miss. I've got to make sure that I kill them. This gives me an opportunity to do that. Four down territory right off the bat. Third and four, even if we don't convert, come back on it and go for it again on fourth down. And guess what? If I don't get it, they've got to drive 96 yards. Or they've got to drive, what, 50 yards in order to get in the field goal range. 96 yards for a touchdown. That is the biggest point. What you just said is brilliant. So think about it this way. Third and four. Let's pretend it's four down territory. Okay? Call the play, CeCe. So it's second and four at Kansas City nine-yard line. What are we doing if it's four down territory? I'm throwing the ball. Okay, so you're throwing the ball. In that spot, they ran the ball. Let's say it's incomplete, just for argument's sake. Yeah. Third and four from Kansas City, nine. But we're treating it as four down territory. Running the ball. Okay. Then it's fourth, and they didn't. Uh, they threw the ball incomplete. Fourth and four, Kansas City, nine. In theory, if they go for it, if they get a yard or two, you're then actually giving Kansas City the ball inside their own 10, where their play – I mean, I know it's Mahomes, but even them in an overtime setting – play calling is different. Correct. And now – you're still playing for a field goal if you're Kansas City, but your defense, you're playing a field position game. Yeah, you got to protect, right? Because you can't go for four. It's not four down territory for Kansas City because you didn't score. So they, 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 you see what I'm saying? So it's it's not four down territory. So then all of a sudden, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you get that fourth and one on your 34 yard line, right? You got to punt the ball because they didn't score. You didn't score. You got to punt the ball. Then all of a sudden, it's sudden death. And then Kyle Shanahan's original logic with the third possession kicks in. So, I mean, to me, that <laughs> like that would make sense if you're playing for the third possession, if you're aggressive on that first drive and you're trying to go for it on that fourth down. Right. So even if you're someone that wants to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, I actually like that they took the ball first, 
the moment Kyle Shanahan says we wanted to have the ball for the third possession, potentially sudden death, if you're assuming there's a third possession, there's no justification to not go for it on fourth and four from the Kansas City nine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we are on point number three or four that we just discovered today of so, how bad this so was. Many, but, so now, many. but now, Smalls, yes. you've brought up the question, the compare and the contrast. Go ahead. Is this worse than 28-3? If we are ranking Kyle Shanahan's big game failures, that's a polite way to say it, I guess, is this worse? Is this number one? Because I think most people point to 28-3, even though he was the offensive coordinator. That was just such a, a shocking comeback by New England, and that has hung over Kyle Shanahan for a long time. Is this worse than that? Well, what do you, is, do you, would you say it's worse? I think it's worse. I think it's worse because every single way we slice it, it's bad. And 28-3 is really rough, but you could make the argument in a big game, somebody just froze, or they the moment was too big for them. We're and players here. make plays, right? Yes, players make plays. Like Dante Hightower with the strip, the strip sack. That that was a big yeah. play in that game, yes. right? And we didn't Julian like the play Edelman call. catching that deflection. That was a big play. Players make plays. Players make plays. But we yeah. had questions about the play calling, about the approach from Kyle Shanahan, yeah. and that was really bad. But this to have you maybe not know the rules or you know the rules, and we know that your players don't know the rules, and now that we're going through every possible avenue that he could have taken, and we can sit here and say that we think it's the wrong call, I don't know how, if I'm a player, I move past that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Smalls. This has to be worse than 28-3, because Kyle Shanahan got a head coaching job after 28-3. You know what I'm saying? you're the head coach. Nobody questioned his football acumen. Nobody questioned his competency. Nobody questioned whether or not he was aware of the rules. We're doing all of those things right now. All of them. So this has to be worse. This has to be worse. For me, it's not because we're referring to it as 28-3. That wasn't the final score. That's not the name of the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the year that it was played. Like, that game is just known as 28-3. Yeah. And our job in radio is to provide context of, like, if we say something that people don't get, everyone knows what we're talking about yeah. when we say 28-3. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. And I'm not saying it's not an yeah. all-time collapse. It's, it's the first time it's happened in Super Bowl history, having a, that kind of comeback and having that game going in overtime. I get all of those things. Yeah. What do you want to call this one? Third possession? Yeah, like, I mean... I mean but I, <laughs> that's but, a good one. But I, but I, guess, I, like that I guess my whole point is, nobody called Kyle Shanahan ignorant. Nobody called him incompetent after those things. We're, we're sitting here asking the question this morning, which one was it? Was he ignorant or was he incompetent? But it had to be one or the other. That's the problem in it. That's the part. That's the part. When you're the head coach, that can't be on the board as a question. That's the problem with it. That's what makes it feel worse than 28-3. So let me ask you a question then. If, and this is retroactive. But if they won the Super Bowl that year, the Falcons won the Super Bowl, would, would Shanahan get credit for winning the Super Bowl or would Dan Quinn get the credit? In other words, if he doesn't get the credit for winning, we don't blame him for the loss kind of thing. And so that's where your argument would make sense, that this one is definitely on him one way or another. When you're the coordinator, you may not get credit nor blame, so maybe he doesn't wear it as much as Dan Quinn should wear that. But, I mean, he is associated with this. He is, big He does wear 28-3, maybe more than he actually should. Yeah, because everybody looked at him as the head coach of the offense, right? Yeah. Dan Quinn's expertise was on the defensive side of the ball. Kyle had the offense. You're up 28-3. Why are you throwing the ball? Why is there an opportunity for Dante Hightower to have the strip sack? It should be, you should be running the ball. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a good, great question by Smalls. I don't, 
I lean towards 28-3, but everything you're saying makes sense because he's the head coach of this team. Yes. That theoretically, if he was making bad decisions in 28-3, someone else should be overruling him that's above him in the pecking order. There. That's fair, well, too. Not that only that, fair. at this juncture, you should have learned from your mistakes. You should have learned from not being able to get the job done in the big game not once but twice. Yeah. You should be that much more cognizant of the rules, that much more prepared, because you're not going to let another situation like this happen. And I keep going back to the players who have, many of them have come out publicly and said, I didn't know the overtime rules. I had no idea. And it makes it worse when you hear the Chiefs players say, yeah, we knew exactly what the rule was, and we knew exactly what we wanted to do. Our coaches had us prepared. <laughs> we knew what we were going to do in every scenario. That's what Patrick Mahomes said, and he walked you through it. If you're a 49ers I wish I could have been. I wish I could have been on the Chiefs' sideline when those guys realized that the 49ers won the toss and that they were actually taking the ball in overtime. You they're think like, they were already doing, cl- calling Tao to doing, celebrate? They're like, get doing the table us a ready? favor. <laughs> they're doing us a favor. Seriously, you think they were like, hey, get tell Tao we're coming yeah, because exactly. they, we're going to win this game. But if you were playing the love 49ers, CC. Yeah, duck rolls are outstanding. Oh, yeah, love it. The big yeah. Buddha, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you move past this, though, if you're a player on the 49ers? Because if you're my you coach. You don't move past it. You I'm don't supposed move to past. trust you, believe you. Smalls, Smalls, you don't move past it. Pull the rope with it. you. It'll never be right. It'll never be right. This will never sit right with players from the 49ers. The fact that they didn't know the rule and that they weren't aware of the situation, it will never be right. You can never make this right if you're Kyle Shanahan because who knows whether or not these guys are going to have an opportunity to get back. And think about it this way. There are 10 players on this 49ers team in Super Bowl 58 that were on the Super Bowl team in 2019 when they lost to the Chiefs. What are, what's the likelihood that those guys are going to get a third crack at a Super Bowl? Well, that's what they're playing for the third time. That's the third, oh. third, third possession. My sportsman leg is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, oh, great pay and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Jeff Saturday, former NFL player and coach, will join us next. We're on Sportsman Like presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We welcome Jeff Saturday into the conversation here, a conversation that is basically by the minute 
We're discovering more things that went wrong for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh we are. On we Sunday. are. Oh, we Jeff, are. Jeff, wait till we go through this with you because we, by the <clears throat> moment, we're like, wait, if they thought this, then why didn't they do that? Let's start with the big picture. <laughs> do we think the Niners knew the rules going into overtime? Uh, probably not. It doesn't sound like that. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Shanahan 100% knew. I don't I don't think the team was uh and and how I'm not really sure. Even if your coach didn't tell you, I'm pretty much sure I knew 2 years ago when this was a big after the Mahomes Allen thing, you know, was it uh-huh. 2 years that when all this stuff was like, "Hey, we're going to change or give everybody a fair shake, you know, like the world isn't good with just a coin toss anymore." Here's what I'm pretty much sure I'm pretty sure I followed that just in general, if it was dealing with my sport. But however we got to where we are right now, it has become the story for sure. Okay, so Jeff, with Kyle Shanahan's logic saying that they were playing for the third, third. possession, there there's an inference there that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go down and score. And so I guess my question is, if that was how Kyle was viewing the situation, <clears throat> why didn't he make it four-down territory once they got inside the 10-yard line going in to score touchdown? So that was my only question. So my only question to the whole uh, – because when – when it first happened, I was like, man, why wouldn't they take the ball second? And then it played out, and I actually texted guys. I was like, hey, what's the thought process? And and people actually shot me back, hey, there's a there's a there's an analytical thought here that you want to get it. But if that was the case to me, on third down, I'm running it. Yeah. And then on fourth, you know, I'm gonna give myself another yeah. shot, right? On the third and fourth. So yeah. I was like, so so then I didn't understand why we so those two to me. But didn't see, that's, coincide. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because if you make it four down territory, then on second down, I'm throwing the ball. Correct. I'm throwing the ball on second down, Correct. and then I'll run yeah, it on changing, third. Yeah, then I'm running it on third down, Correct. and then whatever happens after yeah. that is going to be what happens. So, but it becomes four down territory exactly. when I get to the low red zone. I, I agree with like that. Like, if I'm assuming that Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball, he's going to score. That's right. Uh, that's if right. I'm, if I'm thinking that that's going to happen on the, on the second possession of overtime, the Chiefs' first drive. Well, or you're going to make them drive it 95 yeah, yards. Exactly. Well, if I don't, if I other. don't convert, then they got to drive. Well, they would. If I didn't score, they would have to drive it fifty yards for a field goal. But yeah. either way, the well, length, right. the length yeah. of the exactly. field, they got to drive the length of the field to get a scoring That's opportunity. Right. But it's not four down territory for them either, Correct. because I didn't score. Yeah, yeah. You basically gave them four down opportunities all the way down the field, which puts you at a disadvantage. So yeah. I do. So I think the original thinking had one, but again. You know, not not. I mean, it's the first time we've had it happen. So, but this thing has become the story, um, and and because the players didn't recognize it or didn't understand it, people are like, well, how? I don't think. I'm, ultimately, I don't think they played it differently. The players, I think the players, it, it would have been really embarrassing had they scored and everybody, you know, runs around with their helmet <laughs> thinking the game is over. Yeah. That would have been embarrassing. Super but, embarrassing. But, but but from the from the other side of it. As a defensive player, you knew when you walked on the field, bro, you got to stop them. Yeah. I mean, either way. Yeah. And, and as an offensive player, you knew you were trying to go down there and score a touchdown. However it filtered itself out, I think, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's but a the bad sequence, it's a bad But look. the sequence of a play calling based on his logic for taking the ball first. Agreed. Does, not, it doesn't align. It didn't coincide. It doesn't align. So there, there's the third down. Yeah, the third so, down I mean, for me was the kicker. Yeah. Like, and, and you know they're blitzing. I mean, like, 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 so I'm with you on that. Like, that part to me was... Ooh, like if I'm going to do it, it's that incompetent, way, Jeff. Yeah, it's it's not it's good. incompetent. It's not good. It's not good. But again, and, and but the other side of it is, do you feel like, hey, you know, getting points is going to be this mat? You know, all of a sudden we're going to win because we get points. It, it's hard, man. Like like I, I try it. This there's nothing easy 
about the situation. You are playing the Kansas City Chiefs, but your defense has played pretty good. It's it's one of those tweeners. 19 points. This is yeah. the thing, Jeff, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is the thing that's driving me crazy about this, is if you're going to assume a third possession, you held Kansas City to 19 points in regulation. Right. That's a miracle. Yes, yes. Yeah, you balled out. And so you're kind of in that situation of um, – you know, do we take points and just hope that, you know, we do get a tip pick or, a, you know, a sack to set them behind the chains? And, you know, I mean, think about it, man. They had them in fourth fourth and short. They converted. They had them in third and long. They converted. I mean, they the defense gave themselves chance. They just couldn't close it out. And so at the end of the day, did it play a part? I don't – let me just say it this way. I guess the best way for me to say it is this way. I don't think that – is as big a, of a consequence as the punt being, you know, the punt transition to a fumble basically for the Chiefs. They score the MVS the very next play. I don't think the missed, I think the mixed extra point is a bigger deal than that. I, you know what I mean? So I think the McCaffrey fumble on the first drive down yeah. is a bit, is more consequential than that. Now you can say, well, you still had an opportunity, but th- to me, those mistakes by the 49ers were more consequential than that thing at the end of the game. And so I think when everybody's just locking in on that, I go, man, that they were even in this opportunity was as, as, with as many mistakes as they made. And by the way, Purdy does walk off the field with the lead, right? Like their offense comes off the field with a lead in overtime. It's it, against who we now are saying is the best to ever do it. They gave themselves a shot, man. Unfortunately, they just didn't finish the gig. Well, if we're talking about them to potentially be the best to ever do it, then do you feel confident that they could potentially three-peat next season? I do. I, 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 ah! bet, bet is in. Bet is in. We, is you it? know, it's already in. I, I just I just parlayed what I had already done. This, rolled it in. Let's see what we can do. Uh, this is this is my – but this is the caveat for me, is Chris Jones. Like, they have to re-sign Chris Jones, in my opinion. I just think he is – those don't those don't just grow on – like, that dude is a difference maker. And if you look at – the Eagles Super Bowl. You look at this Super Bowl um, when when it's when it, when massive plays need to be made. He's always that guy, and so I would say I do think that. I mean, I, I know they got to resign Snead as well. I think that's that's big, um, but I think Chris Jones, those two guys, Snead and Jones, to me. And then, then you can talk about their tackles, you know, their offensive tackles. Then you can talk about maybe adding a receiver. But those two, to me, are who you put on the pedestal first to go three peat. That you got to have that. Mm-hmm. Talk with Jeff Saturday, of course, ESPN NFL analyst, former player and coach. Jeff, your quarterback that you played with forever, Peyton Manning, iconic all time player. Yeah. If we said to Peyton Manning right now, you could trade your career for Mahomes' career, would he make that trade? Yeah. Are you serious? I think Tom Brady would probably trade. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Like, maybe not Brady yet. Let me take that back. Yeah, Brady, because he's got, but man, like, really, bro? Three Super Bowls in six years? But that's it. I'm saying if it ends right now. Oh, 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 it just stops right now. You don't get to play anymore? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Man, I, I, I don't know about that. Like, the longevity of the game there's something about that. And I, I would say that's why this whole GOAT conversation to me is just sometimes can be silly. Like for a guy to do it at the level that Brady did it for 20 years is is spe- with two different head coaches is special, right? So for me, what, what Mahomes has done has not been matched by anybody in the NFL, right? Period. But when Reed leaves and the next coach comes in, what does it look like then? And that longevity to me is what is is – is the next hurdle that he really shows himself to be different, you know, in another category. Because, again, how he started 
it, you, you can't match it. Like you can't almost you can't match it in sport, really. Mm-hmm. Like in sport, you yeah. can't match. And in, in our game, I think it's much tougher than everybody. Else. I mean, I think that that shield and doing it in the shield is much more difficult than baseball, hockey, or basketball. And I know I'll get people to, you know, but I'm just saying I but, think it's much more difficult. But the longevity part matters to you guys, hundred percent, hundred percent. It matters. I'm just telling you. And listen, I'm not gonna get the whole Hall of Fame thing, but it, I'm just telling you, short careers for me. It makes it really, really difficult because Tom Brady's doing this at 40-plus. That's a big deal, man. Like, you are showing something that has not been done historically. This ain't basketball. Exactly. Basketball is a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. Exactly. Exactly right. (laughs) And so, like, even in different positions in football, I I, I have a hard time. Like, there are things that people are like, oh, this guy is an all-time. No, okay. He had a six-year run, bro, right? Like, when you talk about guys playing 13, 14, 17, 18, 20 plus years, it's just a, it is a your your body is different, how you have to get up every day and prepare is different, the mentality is different. Life, you know, football ain't playing the vacuum, bro. No. Most people are adding family and, you know, whatever it is and all those different things that are coming into your world, it changes that that dynamic and I think that's why it becomes more impressive in my opinion. Great job as always. Jeff Saturday, you'll see him get up at 8 a.m. Eastern. It. We're on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. The new ownership in Washington has been sort of interested in the idea of can you get Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to be a Chicago Bear, and, and I just don't see a whole lot changing that. All of a sudden, we hear in late March, early April, that Caleb Williams is hiring an agent when he didn't have one. Oh, boy. All signs pointing towards Caleb Williams to the Bears, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's the rejoin music, right? Yeah. We got Chance the Rapper coming in. Shout Chicago out Chicago. Fame. Yeah. Three one two. Yeah. Let's Jovante go. Jovante on the ones and twos. Very good, yeah, Jovante. Go. All right. Well, he they don't, they don't want no problems with Caleb Williams. Let's just make this a smooth pre-draft process. <laughs> no ultimatums. I mean, yes, but it still feels like there's like a 1% gray area of like, could he possibly ask to go somewhere else? But here's the uh, – now, here's – in the positive direction for the Bears and getting Caleb Williams, Adam Schefter, who will join us in about a half hour or so, was on with Pat McAfee yesterday and had this to say about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and a quarterback that they are a fan of. We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I know uh, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. We'll keep that in mind during the offseason of the coming weeks. Wow. So there, there, there'll be a decision that that organization has to make 
in terms of the quarterback that they want to bring in. Uh, but they're not just going to leave it as Kenny Pickett, his starting job. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. So now it's which of these quarterbacks do they make a move for? Which one is somebody that they can go acquire and wh- who fits into what they're willing to give up to a, either another team or to pay that player? All right, so let's do a little round of who says no. Number 51 <laughs> overall from Pittsburgh to Chicago for Justin Fields. Number 51. Second round pick, 51 overall. Uh, if that's all that's going in, Chicago says no. I think so, too. Okay, number 20 overall in the draft, Pittsburgh's first rounder for Justin Fields. Who says no? Oh, Pittsburgh says no. Now, Pittsburgh has the 20th pick? Yep. Is it the 20th pick? Okay. You don't think that they'd give up a first rounder for him? Because I think that they might. And I think that might be a done deal. That would indicate Mike Tomlin liking him, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And they need a quarterback. That seems rich, though. That seems rich. At that point, you're kind of bidding against yourself. And I get it. You're desperate. And, and so, you know, there's that impetus to, to, to try to make a move and bring that guy in. But I don't, I don't see anybody else that's, that's in that position where they're going to offer that much draft capital for Justin Fields. So what do you do if you're Pittsburgh then? You offer next year's second rounder? Do you try to trade down with a team like, let's say, the Chargers who are at 37 and say, okay, we'll give you 20 for 37 and next year's first or next, you know, something like that? Is that what you're trying to do here? Because if you like Justin I'm, Fields. I'm probably going to include like some other draft compensation, maybe a two and a five. Okay. You know, and we can do something like that. I, I just, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to give. Let me, let me say that differently. I'm not giving up a first round pick for Justin Fields. If you're anybody or if you're I'm, Pittsburgh. I'm not, if I'm anybody, because it's a sliding scale. Like, I'm, I'm making that decision, but then I have to pay him. A part of the value of having a quarterback on a rookie deal is that you had him at controllable costs. Well, those controllable costs are about up for Justin Fields, and you give the player more leverage when you trade premium picks for him. So, Justin Fields knows if I go for a first or second round pick, that team is going to exercise my fifth-year option, and there's a good chance that they're going to work out some type of contract extension. Yeah, it might not be top of the market, but it can certainly fit within the realm of what we saw the Giants give Daniel Jones once upon a time when they did his deal. So I don't know that I'm in a hurry to pay a first-round pick and give Justin Fields you know, $40 million a year on a long-term deal. I'm just not doing that. That's why I said it, it would be a sliding scale, and I would draw the line at a second-round pick plus – I don't think I'm going above that for Justin Fields. I just think about Pittsburgh being a team that went 10 and 7 and which is amazing. That needs a quarterback and I think about the the quality of teams in that division. Yeah. And I think about the desperation factor that you really need to lock down this position and Justin Fields did show improvement sure. throughout the season. He has a rare skill set. He's one of those players that you feel like could be on the cusp of becoming a franchise quarterback. I know that that the puzzle financially could be tricky, but if I'm the Steelers, what else am I going to do? Well, that's the thing. The financial puzzle is a huge component, right? Sure. Because it's also about what's available in the marketplace. Russell Wilson is available and the Broncos are already on the hook for the majority of his 2024 salary. So why wouldn't I consider trading for a Russell Wilson and getting him on a minimum deal or signing and get him on a minimum deal? Like if he ends up getting cut and, 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 and resigns with another team for a team minimum and the Broncos have to pay the majority of his, what is it? $38 million salary. Then why wouldn't I do that? If I'm Pittsburgh, how much better is Justin Fields than Russell Wilson right now? He's I, not, he's actually not better than Russell. But that's Wilson. my point. So, I mean, like I, I just, I get a cheaper quarterback, that's actually the better player right now. Now, the runway for Russell Wilson is a lot shorter than Justin yeah. Fields, and so you're baking that into the math as well. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think the asking price for Chicago 
is going to be really interesting relative to what else is out there for other teams. And that's why if you're Pittsburgh Steelers, because you're a playoff team, and because Russell Wilson is the better of the two players right now when comparing him to Fields, I don't know that it's as cut and dry as a lot of people may think it is. Now, I would be in the camp of trying to explore the Justin Fields option first because he is the younger player and he does have a lot of upside. But I'm not going to jump out of the window with a first-round pick for Justin Fields. I'm just not doing that. Yeah, even though on paper Russell Wilson might look like an easier option, there is something about him being young, him being malleable. If it does work out, you can build around him. He can be somebody that stays in your organization for a long time. And I wonder if other teams consider the state of the Bears. And they think about, like, yes, the arrow was pointing up towards the end of the season, and the defense showed a lot of improvement once Montez Sweat came over. But I just think... I wonder if they consider that. Like, it's been a rough situation for him. Think about the beginning of the season with all the dramas that was coming out of Chicago. I wonder if somebody like Mike Tomlin thinks, what could Justin Fields bring be if I bring him to Pittsburgh and I put him in a situation where he's stable and I can help him grow? Well, a few things on that. First of all, I'm on the record, and I will continue to be on the record, that I'm not moving Justin Fields until I know for sure Caleb Williams is not going to ask to be somewhere else. That's number one. Even if they need, an, you know, they're going to draft another quarterback. That That's number one. Number two. Justin Fields is good, maybe, right? There's maybe. No, maybe. There's, there's no example of the top 10-ish quarterback that did not live up to expectations on one team, going to another team, and then like being unbelievable. People are going to say, well, what about Jared Goff? Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl with the Rams. Right. Justin Fields did nothing close to that, okay? Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh was fine at best, if that. In his two years, their record when he starts is 14 and 10. Okay? So that's like Mike Tomlin's amazing. What I'm about to say is complete blasphemy relative to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as we're talking, and Smalls brought up the division, and that division is with Lamar Jackson, MVP, Joe Burrow, maybe the only guy who's even sniffing close to Mahomes hypothetically one day, maybe, possibly, right? And the Browns that had five different starting quarterbacks and were awesome this year. There's an argument that Pittsburgh should just bottom out altogether. They'll never do it because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not who they are. That's not what they are. But bringing in Justin Fields does not actually get you much closer to a Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin is phenomenal. But there is an argument, as much as it is to go get this quarterback and that quarterback, to actually sit back and say, how many first-rounders would T.J. Watt get us? That's blasphemy in Pittsburgh. I understand that. That is not who that organization is. But if I told you they were giving up a second and a fifth to use your hypothetical trade scenario, CeCe, and they get Justin Fields, are they that much better than they are with, with Kenny Pickett? Are they that much better than they would be? with? Well, I mean, I like Russell Wilson, but honestly, are they that much better? They have never, ever intentionally bottomed out, and I think there's an argument that they should. No, I don't think they're going to do that as an organization. You hear Art Rooney the second. All he's talking about is how we're tired of getting in the playoffs and getting bounced early. Right. So they're going for it. They're, they're, this is never going to be an organization that's picking high. And so I guess they're looking at it in terms of getting what they would believe is a top five. I mean, a top ten, top fifteen, you know, talent in, in as far as where he was when he was drafted. And they're saying we can turn this guy into a good player because, like Small said, the perception around the Chicago Bears organization is not great. And so maybe they've put a ceiling on what Justin Fields can develop into in their building and Pittsburgh loving on him, putting him in their culture, their environment, they can get the most out of his potential. That's a big if. There are a lot of ifs in that scenario. But (laughs) if Mike Tomlin loves him 
and 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 just seeing the raw ability that we've seen from Fields throughout the course of his three year career in Chicago, I, I I would have to give the Steelers organization the benefit of the doubt if they went down that road. Also, we had questions about Mike Tomlin wanting to coach past this season. Remember when he walked off the press conference? Now, ultimately, he's coming back. But what did we say at that time? I'm sure he had conversations with ownership about what he wanted to happen no moving doubt. forward. I can't see part of that conversation or that equation being, we're going to tear it all down and rebuild. That doesn't feel like something Mike Tomlin would oh, want to do with a 10-7 and 7 team. I don't think they will. I don't think they literally ever in our lifetime will ever do what I suggested that they should consider doing. And I love Mike Tomlin. I defend Mike Tomlin every which chance I get. That said, why do we have faith in a Mike Tomlin coach team developing a quarterback, just out of curiosity? Like, because Kenny Pickett's so good. They got the, They just cut Mitch Trubisky. They didn't do anything they, with him. They, I mean, it was Mason one, Rudolph, uh, Duck Hodges. These aren't great quarterbacks. No, and they no, find ways to no, win. No, no, that's not fair to Mike Tomlin, though, right? That's, that's not fair because he had Ben Roethlisberger forever in the day. Like, this is their first crack at him trying to develop a quarterback. They ain't the Chicago Bears. I get it. But they, they, we do it to like, one coach that had Brady forever and then was terrible after that in terms of developing the quarterbacks. And Mike Tomlin is a better – he's better with nothing than maybe every, anybody we've ever seen in this sport. He's phenomenal. But when I think about Mike Tomlin, I don't think young quarterback development. Oh, I mean, if you want to bring up the Bill Belichick example, exactly how many times has Belichick been in the playoffs with Mac jo- in the Mac Jones era? Of things? One. Exactly. I mean, the Steelers are in the playoffs seemingly every year. Because he's amazing. Yeah. I'm not doubting that. But I don't, I don't assume Justin Fields goes there and becomes an all-pro player, I guess is what I'm saying, if he goes there. I don't. I don't assume any of these yeah, guys. But well, here's the thing: it might not be about him becoming an All-Pro player. But what's the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and how does he fit? They want to run the football yeah, with their he two would running backs, right? Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. If Justin Fields is all of a sudden a part of that math, then that offense gets a lot more difficult to defend. Mm-hmm. And they've always been able to develop receivers. Yeah, they always got guys. Deontay Johnson and, and George Brees. They are Pat Fryer moves. They got guys for sure. So I mean, okay, we're going to run the football and occasionally take the deep shot downfield. Sounds like that will work it's, based on what we've seen from Justin Fields. He seems like he'd be a great fit. Thank yeah, you. exactly. It's Sounds worth like that would work. Yep. It's worth a shot, yet I think everybody would pick them in last place in their division next year. No. No. Who are you picking them over? No, I would, ne- I would never pick them to be last. I don't know who. I don't know how it would work out, but they didn't finish last this year. I know. The Cincinnati Bengals did. I don't know what it's going to look like in the AFC North, but I know the Steelers ain't going to be last. I know that. Well, that I agree I with. I know that. <laughs> but, but I know they ain't going to be below 500. I know that. You trust them more than the Browns, yeah, right? Death taxes <laughs> and Mike Tomlin not having a losing record. Period. I get it. And that would be like somebody injured or whatever. <laughs> Coming up. I'm over it. We're on Sportsmanlike. <laughs> Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Go ahead, Pat. Valentine's Day is a stupid holiday. Oh, boy. Here we go. It, feels, we go. it is such a scam. It's just a way to scam couples to pay more money at restaurants and pay for stupid stuff that you would never normally buy just because we arbitrarily picked the 14th as love day. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I got to be honest. Outside of going to Books and using the promo code Canty. Hello. Hello. Which, so, like... It's good if you get a deal for Valentine's Day. Yeah. B-O-U-K, uh, excuse me, Q-S, books.com, promo code Canty on that. It's not books, it's books. I had somebody <laughs> say that to me. It's not books, it's Our, books. Oh, no, no, no joke. Aaron Goldhammer, Tony Rizzo, ESPN Cleveland, they did this on the air. They're like, all right, let's, we hear Canty talking about it, let's go to it. And they couldn't figure it out, and they kept typing in B-O-O-K-S. That's books. It's a library yeah, you're going to. Books. This is flowers for books. I do agree with the concept of why do we need to be told when to love someone? It puts a lot of pressure on new couples, newly married couples, new couples that get together, couples that have been together for 100 years, whatever. No. you. What do you guys hate? Love? No, no, I love him. Don't put me in the camp with him and Pat. I know you. No, 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 no. I know you are not in that camp. No, 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 no. I know you are making sure, in addition to the books, that your wife has a lovely Valentine's Day. We were talking about it yesterday. Don't do that to me. That's not fair. I'm in on love every day. Just I don't need to be told February 14th to love my wife more. No one's telling you to love your wife more on February 14th. That's exactly what it is. No, they're not. But it's just a fun day to have some additional love. Why do you hate that there's more love in the air in That's February? Not not, we said. should embrace it. We That's should embrace not it. Not I'm with you on that one. Like I just look at it from this perspective. Everybody else is doing something. How could I not do something a little extra special to show my wife? Like, hey, you. I still believe. Like, I still think you that heat rock. Like, I'm still. <laughs> I'm still in love with you. Not just loving on you every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like a little something extra. Plus, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's nice to get tricked on on Valentine's Day. I love it. Like, my wife gave me a pre-Valentine's Day gift this weekend. She got me this huge diptyque candle. It's outstanding. How you know, sweet. And you know those ain't cheap. No, I'm a big, I'm a big aromatherapy guy. That kind of, she bought me one of them candles as a pre-Valentine's Day gift. I still got more gifts coming, and I got dinner, I too. This. I'm See, all about it. It's not just about this. me giving something to my wife, although I look forward to that. It's about me getting something, too. But see, she knows that you're a big aromatherapy guy. Therefore, she's thinking of you. She buys the candle. Exactly. 
I can't, I love that. It, you don't have to have a comma in the price tag on Valentine's no, Day. No, Write no, Write no, someone no, no, no. a beautiful card. Yes. Think about things that they like and that spark joy in them and do something for them. It doesn't have to be this grand romantic gesture or this yeah. hallmark moment. Just do something thoughtful for someone you care about. Yeah, the, the, broker, the broker you are, the more thoughtful you have to be. Of course. <laughs> but why can't and we I'm do really that? thoughtful. <laughs> why can't we do that on March 14th? You can. Okay. Just you make it sure. You do whatever you want, but don't, don't not do it on Valentine's I Day. I agree. Javante's like, on my not side. do it on Valentine's Day. Javante also hates Javante, Valentine's Day. I do. What? It's, it's horrible. It's, what? Why do you need a day? Like, all these days, I don't understand. Like, Mother's Day, Father's Day, why do you need a day? To I agree. Yeah, that sounds like lazy loving, brother. It's not. That sounds like lazy <laughs> loving. It just would be more special if you, 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 you did it randomly. Like, yeah, okay, I, I you did it because somebody short. told you to. You, so you're exactly not going right. to do something special for your mama on Mother's Day? That's right. Nah, I didn't say bro. that. I nah, just nah, nah. don't need a day to tell yeah, me I need to. you don't to. need it. Of course you don't need it. Okay, well, Who needs it? I guess we don't need birthdays, But it's a nice It's nice to be alive every day. I guess I don't need to Like, people will not do anything all year and be like, oh, it's Mother's Day. I'll finally get my mother something. No, like, yeah, you but just you, do but that you on not, a random Monday. But here's the thing, Jovante, you're not going to not do something for your mother on Mother's Day. You're not going to not give her something. You're not going to not True, call her. But you're I not going to not take her to me. dinner or brunch, whatever it is. You're going to do something for her. Why? Because that's your mama. Why would you not treat your partner, your significant other, the same way? Yes. I don't understand that. And and that day is meant to do a little something extra. Of course, you should love your mother or your father or your significant other every day. But that day is, that person is waiting for it. Like, your mom is waiting for something on Mother's Day. Yeah. She's waiting for you to send the text or the flowers or the card. Dad is expecting to text. grill. There better be more than a text. There better be a phone call. FaceTime. There better be some, exactly. Fair. There better be a card. But same there thing on Valentine's nice Day. Song, trinket, yeah. Just your significant other is hoping that you acknowledge that you care for them. That's it. That's I'm going to guess every single person that is married for 10 years or more in any kind of relationship for 10 years or more disagrees with you. Every single one of them. Because it's like, what are we doing? We have to pick a day? Either you love your, your significant other or not. So you're not getting the books bouquet for your wife. I didn't say that. The buttercream is, is I love the buttercream. The I'm, buttercream just, bouquet I'm just is saying, I am very lucky in that every single day I walk in the house and I'm like, are you really with me? Like, you're in the right. I can't, I still can't believe yeah. I've been with they, my wife forever. Yeah. You better get organized Valentine's Day. I again. still don't understand why she's with me. It makes no sense yeah. to me. So I'm beyond thankful. So you're thankful. not going to do something on Valentine's Day for her. I'm going to run away so she can't get rid of me, I guess is what I'm going to do. Like, hey, I'm your Valentine. Oh, God. Really? Is there anybody else available? Wow. Yeah, that's usually a good play. Run away on Valentine's Day. That's yeah. worked out historically well. No, Next one, Pat. <laughs> uh, we're currently getting hit by a snowstorm here in the Northeast. Ooh. And what we're seeing is now all the reporters who locally have to go stand outside in the snow. Yes. This is the dumbest thing of all time. Why do we do this to these poor reporters? Why do we make the... We know it's snowing. We can see it. We don't need you to stand outside in the snow. Just I mean, go back inside. Make I, yourself a cup of coffee. Sit down in the nice warm inside. It doesn't make any sense. So... Why can't maybe we do it then? If it's so good and so valuable like that all these stations do it, maybe we should try it. Pat, you want to try a weather report? <laughs> are, you, are you making me go outside for the weather? That would be I'm, great. I'm, I'm not, not making you do anything. That would be great. I'm saying it would <laughs> be, be funny to see Pat Costello now as a result of I'm over it. Yeah. We're not going to force you to get anybody a Valentine's Day gift. But standing outside and doing a snow yeah. report? Yeah, maybe we could get a weather sponsor, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. that'd be As great. Part of the sponsorship. Yeah. How do we get sponsored by the weather? I don't, I don't know. Like, An umbrella company? They're, they're, yeah, a jacket, they're, a winter coat yeah, company. A company. Well, I was, I was actually going to say like, there are companies that 
you know, have weather equipment, whatever. You know what I mean, Pat? I'm just saying something. <laughs> Pat doesn't know what something, you mean. Something <laughs> weather related. Weather equipment? Weather equipment. A snowblowing company or a shovel? I was thinking weather.com. I don't know why. I, was, I didn't want to give them free advertising on our show, damn it. That's what I was thinking. Forecast of the day here on I'm Over It. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, I like that. We I just pick a random it. city and give a forecast. And oh, I, I love that. Yeah, like that. so we'll do that. Wait, that's fun. Pat right. the weatherman next. Bristol, Connecticut later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.